The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. from men? There's got to be an answer. Don't look for it, Taylor. You may not like what you find. Damn you! Three thousand nine hundred and fifty-five. Charlton Heston as Taylor, a twentieth-century astronaut, space wrecked in the incredible future. Linda Harrison as Nova, a savage beauty from the enslaved and voiceless human race. They're marked for target practice. James Franciscus as astronaut Brent on a reckless mission to rescue Taylor. Trapped by the swaggering, brutal master race of apes who dominate the Earth. A planet shattered by the atomic war of a distant, forgotten past. Where are you going? Into the Forbidden Zone. Someone or something has outwitted the intelligence of the gorillas. Envade! Envade! Face the terrifying dangers of the Forbidden Zone with them. Engulfing you in the shattering experiences that await beneath the planet of the apes. Well, there's an intelligence working in this place. They know we're here. We are determined to know what the apes want. War or peace? The superintelligent mutants. Are they human or something else? In their church, an unspeakable god. Doomsday bomb. Behind their faces, an unbearable secret. We don't kill our enemies. We get our enemies to kill each other. The irresistible war machine of the guerrilla army versus the devastating secret mind weapons of the subterranean mutants in civilization's final battle to answer the ultimate question. Can a planet long endure half human and half ape? Is it the beginning or the end? Thank you. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast and the Evil Never Dies podcast. This is round two of our Planet of the Apes episodes, where we'll be discussing Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I'm one third of your host, Jimbo, joined by my normal co-host, Kyle, in the house. And we are joined once again by the evil one himself. I'm Brett. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, Brett from the Evil Never Dies podcast. Of course, Carl don't like apes, so guess what, Carl? You're not invited anyway. You miss out, buddy. <laughs> right. And he'd just be he'd just be like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> Had a rough day. And repeat Work a bunch terrible. of stuff. Work was terrible. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, before we get started in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, I do have a question for you guys. And I think since uh Brett is gonna go first i uh, just okay. because i like it when he doesn't have time to think it's more funny so brett if you were stranded on one of the uh planets that were ran by apes or, or i'm sorry if you were one of the apes that was on the planet of the apes what would your ape name be Berticus. <laughs> Berticus. kyle's is farticus <laughs> humongous buckus <laughs> that's funny because a friend of mine when i was young, growing up used to call me that he used to call me burdicus because my nickname was bert growing oh, up okay. and, he, and he would call me burdicus so my <laughs> ape name would be burdicus burdicus <laughs> that didn't take long yeah well this is going to be one of those episodes because it's not quite as good as the original so there's some stuff to poke fun at in here as we go along oh yeah and for those that are watching on YouTube, you can see I am my full Chewbacca regalia tonight. So <laughs> Brett, I turned on Brett's like, what is he wearing? So I've got a little beach background going on with my Chewbacca clothes on. So I tried to get close enough to the ape as I could. So you have to deal with it. Um, so Kyle, let's go ahead and take this away. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Beneath the Planet of the Apes released on May 26th, 1970. Makes it a whole what? 50, I was three. I was three years old in one day. Oh boy! Wow. Yeah, that makes you fifty-six, uh, fifty-seven, roughly. I don't know your actual date. Um, and Kyle, you never ask a woman her age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, what are you? What, wow. are you, what are you at eight years, Brett? <laughs> uh, He's young at heart, season, right? So it'd be the same, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, no, no. Okay, once again, released on May 26th, 1970. Uh, budget of the film was estimated to be about $3 million. I'll get back for the uh, inflation for you in just a moment here. And the gross um, worldwide, uh, they don't have a gross for just the U.S., but gross worldwide was eight uh, was nearly, was right at $18,999,000. I'm just going to round it up to $19 million here when I do the inflation calculation here real quick. But that is the uh, the budget and uh, gross earnings for the film. Quick little uh, to uh, not synopsis, but a quick little summary: um, the sole survivor of an interplanetary rescue mission searches for the only survivor of a previous expedition. He discovers a planet ruled by apes in an underground city run by telepathic humans. Dun dun da! So cool stuff on there. Uh, more technical details here. Uh, what's it, da, 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 da. I got to look it up up here because I'm kind of on the cuff today. Now, I didn't come as prepared as I usually do, which is to say, almost not at all. 
I was going to say, wow. One, one hour. Is really a difference, Kyle? <laughs> this is a color movie. Sound mix is Dolby Digital. Aspect ratio is 2.35 by 1. So, yeah, that's what I was doing, Jimbo. I was getting ahead of it so you didn't have to make a joke about it. But you couldn't resist. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Um, this year, oh, okay. I'm gonna look up the inflation real quick, though. Um, if Bert is ready to take on the castings, though, I'll bring the inflation to him right afterwards. You're calling Bert, his name's not Bert. I just, but he's just, I, I, Uh, my head, his nickname was Bert, so we made the Berticus joke, and now uh, it's making me look bad. See, if we just glossed over it, no one would have noticed, but now you made it a thing. You, made uh, you know, we all make mistakes, uh, but Jimbo makes sure to highlight every single one of mine. Well, because it's not a mistake continually, Kyle. It's a, it's a mistake. <laughs> you know, I, I agree to disagree. Agree, disagree. You know, I'm not arguing with a Wookiee, all right? <laughs> yeah, always let the Wookiee win. That's one thing we learned in Star Wars. <laughs> but, so we can move on to the casting stuff. We'll get into some of the cast details, and then we'll get into, like, the meat of the... um. I'll get the budget inflation, then we'll get into like the meat of the trivia and story and what we think of this movie, and we'll get the whole thing. <laughs> All right. So go negative from here, the, the cast notes, if you can. Cast notes, okay. First off, we got James Franciscus as Brent. And uh, I didn't really look up to see what else he's been in. He was in a bunch of TV shows in the 70s, I know. Can't remember them all. I'm looking uh, it up right here. He was in... Uh, Long Street, 1971, 1972, Mr. Novak. Um, the other movies he was in was Hellboats in 1970. That's a great name for a movie. <laughs> the Cat of Nine Tails in 1971, and The Last Shark in the in 1981. Cool. Never seen any of them. Neither seen any of them. They probably are all terrible, but they have great titles. <laughs> all right. All right. Next, we got Kim Hunter as Zira. What a doll. <laughs> Maurice Evans as Dr. Zayas. He reprised his role in that. Uh, so did Kim Hunter. Uh, Linda Harrison as Nova. She also reprised her role as, as Nova. Paul Richards as Mendez. Victor Buono as the fat man. <laughs> James Gregory as General Ursus. Jeff Corey as Caspe. Natalie Trundy as Albina, Thomas Gomez Gomez as the minister, Don Pedro Cali as the Negro, David Ooh, David Watson as Cornelius. Uh, yes, Roddy McDowell did not reprise his role as Cornelius in this film. Mm-hmm. He he did not come back until the third one. Which- right, but they did they did they did use some of the footage from the first one, so he is technically in there. But he's not playing for Beneath the Planet the current one. He's not. Well, this would have been like before also like the Crispin Glover lawsuit for like Back to the Future Part 2 where they actually got credited and paid even if they recycled footage like they did for that movie. So this like I'm sure like, you know, you might not have ever been paid for the reused footage in this film. I wouldn't be surprised. Curious. Mm-hmm. All Maybe right. Next, sure. next, we got Todd Andrews as the skipper. No, not the one from Gilligan's Island. Uh, Gregory Sierra as Verger, Charlton Heston as Taylor, and Paul Freeze unaccredited as the narrator. The narrator, and that's the cast for Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Um, 
Kyle, you got anything else real quick? Yep, the quick little budget inflation thing. Um, budget inflation for the um, original um, $3 million estimated budget for the film. By the way, it's just estimated, so I don't need like an official word on that. But that would be close to about $23 million in today's currency, which is like still an incredibly... Um, uh, you know, uh, budget friendly film for today, like even like cheap movies today, it costs more than $50 million in some cases, and that's insane to me. Um, and for the gross worldwide earnings, which does have an official number of nearly $19 million, and just in for inflation, that'd be about $146.5 million. So it more than made its money and marketing budget back, and I'm sure it made a lot of money to do with um, toy sales, especially as it went through in the trivia of the last movie. I'm sure this continued to kind of the brand culture zeitgeist where it made tons of money that way so um overall like earnings that movie were incredible so good for them on that they uh they they kept beating that dead horse till it kept till till it stops being out money (laughs) uh but cool stuff there um besides that that's all i had there for the um the budget note and we have the cast done right there so uh we can go on the the trivia side of things really well we will in a minute but let's let's talk about this movie for a second oh yeah shall we yeah no you're good you're good Um, We'll, we'll we'll let Brett kind of narrate as we're going along since it's like one of his favorite movies. <laughs> well, no, it's not my favorite one. It's not my favorite one out of the first five, but no. But I'm just saying, okay. you've probably seen it more times than Kyle and I combined. Yeah, I, yeah. Sure. just so I can prepare myself. Does the quality continue on this trajectory where it's just going to keep going down and down and down? Should I expect that, or is it going to be like at this level for the rest of the thing? No, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the time travel yet. <laughs> I would have, it has to be like an alternate universe considering the ending we went through, but okay. We'll see how it goes. Not necessarily. <laughs> well, I will find out. I don't know what to expect. I oh, only watched watch the Andy films. Oh, yeah. I've only seen the Andy Circus films, which I love. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. I don't even know what to expect in the plot. I, I was surprised by all the twists when people like started pulling off their faces and had nuclear face made. Like, what is going on? How much cocaine were they doing? I guess all of it. <laughs> all right, Brett. So uh, for anybody that's never watched this movie, let's go ahead and start at, like what where we are at the beginning and kind of work our way through till the end of the movie. Well, they start off, they, they crash land again. Uh, it seems to be just the Brent and the skipper on this mission and uh the skipper he's in bad shape and he ends up dying and all of a sudden here comes uh out of nowhere here comes nova on a horse right but but, but before that brett doesn't it show um doesn't it kick off with charlton heston uh, taylor and nova going around and then they come upon like yeah the, it, show, it shows the very end of the first film basically but they, then they come up on those terrible special effects yeah yeah <laughs> the, the, the fire and he falls into the fire and all that yeah yeah kyle disappeared where'd he go i'm cleaning off <laughs> I don't know, my, we got my hot dogs again i'll reappear soon hopefully a little bit clearer <laughs> how many hot dogs can you eat kyle all the hot dogs i can eat all the hot dogs yeah, remember when they used to have a heating contest? Like that was a regular thing forever, and then like I mean, they still have them, but no one talks about them anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I was built for the previous era. You know, if I was still in the, like, the mid two thousand and everyone was doing eat, hot dog eating contests, I would be the champion because fat. No, I'm kidding. I probably couldn't do it. <laughs> but um, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, apes. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, basically, they, the... uh, Nova and Taylor come upon some lightning or whatever. And he's 
and here's something I want to point out, Brad, because uh, he says if you find any, or he gets off, he goes and he disappears basically, and she takes off. So yeah, when he, she he he, he tell he tells her if if I get if you, if I get lost and you can't find me, find Zira. Right. Find yeah. Zira. So so my my question to you is when she rolls up onto uh, Brent, uh, and you know, he reaches down and he takes the dog tags. He's like, this, where'd you get this? You know, it's, it's Taylor, Taylor. If you remember in the first movie, when he was captured, they took all that stuff away. He didn't have the dog tags. So where do the dog tags come from? I don't know. That's a good, you know what I'm saying? Because they took everything from them. They stripped them down and, you know, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't remember, uh, Zayas or anybody giving them back to him at the end of that movie. Am I right or wrong? I don't, I don't remember it. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, you can continue, but I just wanted to point that out. I didn't know if you remiss, if you thought about that. All right, let's see here. I'm going to need to pull this up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get the full like notes of the storyline. Well, they, them, them two, them two. Basically, after you see them, then don't you have the uh, what's the name of the statue? The uh, Statue of Liberty. No, no the uh, uh, oh, living uh, elder or. Oh, the uh, living, yeah. The oath, oath keeper, or whatever. Yeah, so I'll give her. You got, like you, got, you got all the, the, the little apes. The thing, in the thing. Things <laughs> like chimpanzees. Got the gorillas. You got, yeah. you know, they're the all in their own little clicks. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. you got the 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 general. Um, basically, he just wants to go out there and and kill all the humans. Right. Basically, they the want only to good human is a dead human. The only good human is a dead human. Yeah, I wonder if like they. I wonder if Starship Troopers just stole that directly. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all. The only good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they they Zira and Brent they they they're going to see Zara, Zira, uh, but Zira has kind of got herself in a little bit of trouble in this movie, standing up to the uh, the general there. Yeah. Um. So uh, basically, she doesn't know when to keep her mouth shut. You know, she speaks her mind. She's a good ape or chimpanzee or whatever. Um. So then they they go back and they're in there and <laughs> Cornelius and her are talking, you know. And then here comes uh, Nova and then Brent walks in and they're like, you know. And then he starts po- talking and they're like, "We've only seen one other other one about you." And he's like, "Well, stay back." Talk anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if they catch you, no, they're gonna do things. They're gonna they're gonna affect you, then kill you, and then kill you, <laughs> right? And uh, so basically, uh, you know, um, he's been bleeding or something. What happened to him where he was bleeding? He got shot, scared. Yeah. Going yeah. from the council meeting to um, the, the hut, he got he got shot by an ape in the process. Yeah, right. there, was, there was one out on patrol, uh, grill out on patrol and was chasing after him and they hid in the bush and he got clipped. He got yeah. clipped sort of and a bird flew out. So the gorilla w- walked away so yeah so then you went to the you went to where uh they Zayas comes and knocks on the door or whatever and so they, they were getting food and maps they want to know where the forbidden zone is and all that and then uh what's the day uh she's like go hide go hide in here you know and, and he's like well tell them we're cooking cornelius tell them we're cooking supper or whatever well when he comes in zira had the forefront because there's blood on that that washcloth that she had been tending the wounds of Brett 
and she's like got it up to her face or whatever. And, yeah. and Zay's, what happened to you? He's like, Corn- what? Cornelius like, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> yeah. His wife casually, oh, you deserve it then. Like, well, yeah. my God. And then he says, then a, a little bit later, he says something. He said, well, then I'll beat her again. <laughs> you know? I was like, wow. <laughs> this is certainly the um, 70s, right? Huh? <laughs> So basically, they leave. Then you have what is Isaias and the uh, who? What's the name of? Is it Ursus? Ursus, that, yes. Aren't they the ones that go to like the the hot tub spa? Or whatever yeah, I know. <laughs> they start talking about that's you know, crazy. We're gonna go out there. We're, you're gonna go with us out to the the forbidden zone. We're gonna track these people down. Blah blah blah. Um, so at that time, also Nova and Brent are heading to the forbidden zone to try to find Taylor. Yep. which doesn't go very well because they're riding along and the horse gets shot and they go flying. And next thing you know, well, they were going to take them for p- target practice when, yeah. because like, they got caught. Finally, they're yeah. going to take them for target practice. And see, uh, they, they, Zira they, comes up to the back of the gate and says, let me make sure it's locked. <laughs> yeah. But she <laughs> tried to lock it. <laughs> yeah. But before she, she's so stupid, but before that, she's like, she's like, Oh no, no, not these two. I've never seen beautiful specimens like this. You know, I need to see them over. And the dude walks in. He's like, no, they've been marked for target practice. You know what I mean? So yeah. then they us- escort them right out and they get them in the cage. And of course, Zira does the stupid double lock. I mean, are you really that stupid? <laughs> okay. Uh, so then of course you have that. It's a pretty cool scene where uh, he climbs on top of the cage and, uh, him and the the driver start fighting on top of the the, the cage, and basically he gets thrown off by a limb. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so he gets control of the horses. They untangle the horses, untie the horses, um, and they start riding. And I think that's where uh, the another scout sees him in the trees. He sees yep. him riding or whatever. Yep. There was another group of, of gorillas, and they started so chasing. Now you've got a whole army of them chasing. You know, there's like thirteen of them chasing them. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they keep going and going, and then they, they get to like these cliffs and they start going down in the cliffs, and there's a, like a cave opening. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, are they going to climb down? So they climb down there and they go inside, and you, you, you notice a little something different about the wall. It looks like tile, like, like yep. that old bathroom tile, subway tile. Right. And, uh, you know, the apes are chasing, but they won't go down in there. They're like, you know, I don't know where they went. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, finally found the perfect one. Driving around on a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, Brent and Noah are down there, and he starts looking around, and he starts seeing signs for, like, what is it, Manhattan, uh, subway exits. The Brooklyn uh, Zoo. and yeah. So he's so now he's realized I used to be here. I used to, you know, go to yep, which I'm is, back. Let's, let's think about this. This is two movies in a row where they thought they were going way somewhere else and they end up oh, back yeah. on earth. Okay. So I don't know what that tells you about the human race, but that's what happened. Kind of crazy. Like it really was like a moment where like the it's clear that like the directive was like just do the same movie again in kind of a really disappointing way. That's just like you guys could have got a little more. Crazy. But I think I think something we need to talk about a few scenes back is when they are taking the uh, carriages away or whatever. All them chimpanzees are laying in the middle of the road like uh, not no more war or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I got protesting. Yeah, right, and I and I got to thinking. This came out what early seventies, nineteen seventy. Yeah, basically. So, 
So it was about halfway through the Vietnam War. That's why I said I think it had a lot of you know the Vietnam War. Uh, kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that they threw that in there too, um, yeah. which is very interesting. So I did. I thought maybe we should mention that. That's just from my perspective. Um, but I could tell, I could see, you know, like the, it was basically like, they're like, get out of here, you kids. You know, it's like the, uh, what was it? Like the, um, the hippies, you know, the, yeah. the chimpanzees basically. Exactly. Make love, not war. Yeah. Or whatever. Big peace, not war, that kind of thing. And right. then immediately just throwing them in jail. I was like, that's, that's clearly, you know, a politically charged image, but using apes as like the possible deniability there. Well, he's like, he's like, well, don't make it messy. <laughs> you know, whatever, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you shoot him here, then I'll make a scene. You don't yeah. want to murder that yeah. kind of scene where it's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I see what you're doing. I yeah. don't know what I think about it, though. <laughs> so go ahead and take it from here, Brett. They're still searching for him and they're down in the subway. So then what happens? Uh, Brent and Nova, they start traveling through the tunnel, which is actually the subway system in New York City. And, uh, they go through this one tunnel and uh, start hearing this weird humming sound. But then when they touch the ladder to climb up inside of it, it stops. And uh, then they uh, go through the tunnel, make their way through, come out the other side. And they're like out on, uh, what is that, 42nd Street, New York City or whatever, Times Square, basically. Yeah. Um, Madison Square Gardens, all demolished, and uh, what's the other place? Radio City Music Hall, and uh, is this where he, is this where he sees that basin of water and goes and gets a drink? Yeah, yeah. Spits it out like oh, yeah. toxic know, water. Why like, did I do that? And then the water starts up and it's clean. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's going over to that door, remember? And then it like kind of shoots up like a water uh, water fountain. He yeah. goes over there and he's like, oh, and he starts it. And then I think this is where he starts hearing noises in his head. And this is where it kind of got really weird for me. I ain't going to lie because all of a sudden he's like, and then he goes over to Nova and he just starts choking her, like going to kill her or whatever. And I'm, and no, he doesn't. He, he starts choking her, but then he pushes her, pushes her head down in that water, you know, like, he's yeah. going to her. and I'm like, her. Yeah. Whoa, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's when takes a left turn into like the you know the uh the psychokinetic you know uh, the telepathic characters putting images in her brain or trying to you know force him to murder women. It's really weird stuff going on in that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then he goes to that whole that whole council meeting of the three elders who essentially interrogating like, what do you know of the eight council in the eight world? And he's like, I know nothing because I'm an astronaut from. 2,000 years ago. Yeah, he's like, I just got here, here, man. Yeah, basically, yeah, I just. What am I gonna do? Yeah, I, I I know as much as you guys know, if not less. Are you an idiot? You know, and they're like they're like, well, well, show him. You know what I mean? And he's like, basically, they're all keep putting things in his mind. Te- telepathic. He's like, you're talking to me, but your lips aren't moving. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And then, so then they end up basically they start talking to him normally. They said we usually just do that because we can, but we can talk regularly too. And he's like, look, I don't know nothing about it. And they said, oh, so you've been to the Ape City because he knows that they were captured. And he's like, well, what did you see? He's like, I don't know. You apes. Know. <laughs> right. So, apes. so the guy's like, well, you know, maybe she knows. He's like, look, she can't talk. He's like, well, then we'll make you make her talk, basically. You know what I mean? And they do that. And one guy does that thing again, and here he goes. Mm-hmm. Right um, on their stuff. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Then, he, then he chokes her out again. Yeah. 
and then he's like fine i'll tell you or whatever they, they let up again or something um he's like look you know you've got you've got them coming this way they're gonna find you they're right outside and they're gonna destroy you and they're like well, they're, he's not gonna destroy us we've got this and it's an atomic bomb and the yeah. funny thing about it is it's exactly how you think a bomb would look just this gold little giant cylinder of cobalt i've never i i've ever since then though i've never seen a gold giant warhead like that right right um now there's an urban legend going around that that council is where uh is the same scene or setting that superman and superman where the council are they're talking to uh uh, the three what's their names um uh superman two yeah, but they were in Superman one too at the beginning. Okay, with okay. Sanctum Sanctorum or the Sanctum Solitude? They call it the what? No, 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 not that. No, like at the beginning where there were Jarrell's up there and he cast his vote to banish him or whatever. They're like guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah, they reuse that. Zod, Zod, and Ursula and the guy that can't talk. The bad super people. Yeah, we'll just call him Boudicus. <laughs> so but it's not they said it, it's actually a, a stage left over from hello dolly or something like that so we got them in the in the in the trivia so basically now they take brett away or and they put our brent and they put him in a cage i i, I say cage but it's more of like a gel cell i guess yeah. New jail cell slash arena. You see someone standing across the way with his back to the camera with them beautiful blonde locks, and it's none other than <laughs> Charlton Heston Taylor. Taylor. And he turns around, he's like, Bruh, oh, you know, it's like a family reunion there, you know what I mean? And then the oh, I, I don't know what's the name of the guy that that they put down there to to basically make him fight. Uh he was just titled Negro in the movie in the yeah, cast oh. notes, so he wasn't yeah. it's yeah. not that we're don't get us wrong none of us here would say anything like that but that was actually his name in My the character movie. in the movie yeah right so it's no disrespect to any person of color or anything <laughs> um but he starts the 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 mind things with uh brennan again and uh basically they start fighting and charles and heston just i'm um, taylor just whoops him, <laughs> whoops him up one side down the other that know, was a good up. fight scene though yeah well then it gets even better because the one guy they stop and the one guy throws in like this spiked club you know what i yep. mean mm-hmm. and he gives it to uh brett and they start fighting now here's i, I posed this question to <laughs> to brett and messenger the other day because i i said man i said this this movie's nowhere near as good as the original and i said how come when they were trying to escape this cage, um, that they were swinging it and it was destroying the wall around them. I said, "How come they just didn't destroy the wall and walk out?" You know what I mean? I was like, "Well, I yeah. went back and looked. There's actually bars inside There's the bars wall behind it. I was, I, I saw that too. But I mean, if you could, if you could get to where maybe the bars are up in the ceiling or somewhere, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I understand why they didn't." I mean, if you're looking for me to make sense, I'm afraid you're at the wrong tree. <laughs> right. So, so basically, uh, Charlton Heston shoves Brent and back into the. Uh, there's spikes all around the the cage, and they basically oh. shoves him back in there and lands right in his back or whatever. And um, have they put Nova in there yet, or not yet? 
Uh, she, she, no, she came after the fight. After they find her after the uh, fight scene, after they kill the guy, the other yeah. guy. Tell them how they kill the the guy at the door, Brett. Uh, they actually close the gate, the uh, cell door on him. Yeah, but how did he get in? I, oh, I forget how now. How they bring him in? I don't know. <laughs> Get educated me too here. Um, yeah, let, me, let me pull up on video so I can kind of watch. I, I thought I thought this, where, I thought this is where they boss. bring in Nova. Yeah, they bring in Nova. And when they do, basically, uh, the guy comes and is like, "Look, we, you know, whatever." And somehow they 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 throw him into the the door, which they they throw it back against the wall. Then they open the door and they smash him in the front. Yeah. And, then he slams it the other way and they lock themselves in. I was like, really? You guys just locked yourselves into the cage again and there's no way out. I was like, so they've killed one of these, um, what would you call them? Uh, well, didn't they beat the, beat the, the, uh, door open with the spike? Clock? Yeah. Yeah. They, they do that. Um, so, but the, before that, they hear the the uh, the apes coming in. They're shooting and killing people and all that, and they can hear it. And if you remember, they drag the guy's body back behind that hole in the wall so they can't see in there and see anybody dead laying on the ground. Yeah, and they're like, you know, be quiet basically. And then they go over there and they pry open that door. And uh, no, no, you see, I don't think Zira's in there yet. Is she? Is she in there? Yeah, she's in there with them because when they leave, more. I, I know when they come. leave, but I didn't know if that's when she was coming to them and and she gets shot and killed right there. Yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah, that's what happened. I think, yeah, yeah, uh, because there's a there's an ape out there and he guns. They start shooting before they they beat him down, base, and they end up taking the gun, and um, but Nova Taylor didn't want to leave her. Yeah, she bit the dust though. Yeah. Um, probably for the better. So now Taylor and Brent, they're like, look, you know, we got to get to where this atomic bomb is, or they're going to kill everybody in here. Uh, they don't understand what they're dealing with. So basically they go up on like these, I guess a balcony, if you will, overlooking and, uh, the head, uh, guy that is the mutant is up there and, and they, the, uh, Zeus or Zeus and, um, Ursus comes walking in. And they bust down. They bust down the door to get in there. Yeah, it's like a it's like an auditorium for a church, I would say. Yeah, because there's some pews and like one of the apes is standing on there with his gun in the background, you know. um, There's the the organs over on the other side, and um, so basically the the head mutants like look. He said, "You ain't gonna do nothing here." He's like, "I'll kill us all." He said, "That back there is is a it's it's a bomb, and it's basically gonna destroy everybody." And he pushes down like two of the things or whatever. And before he gets any further, they, they shoot him. Don't they? Then, well, the Taylor's actually the one that gets shot and he's the one that actually presses the button. No, no, that's at the end. But I mean, they, yeah. they kill the mutant first. Oh yeah. 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 Because, because they started that because, uh, Brent goes over to the other side where the, uh, organ is, if you remember. And, um, they're, they're seeing how they're going to do this. You know what I mean? Like how are we going to basically, how are we going to stop this? And the apes yeah. are trying to, to bring down the bomb. <laughs> yeah, they're speaking. And, and they actually do drop it. They pull it like, down. Like, yeah. Boy, oh, oh, oh. everybody's and like, start smoking, <laughs> and they all freak out and back off. And 
Yeah. And this is where uh, Charlton Heston's, well, I guess Brent starts opening fire on everybody. And that was a pretty cool scene when, when Brent gets killed because he got like the bullet between his head and they just hide yeah. on that wall. And Charlton Heston, I think he jumps down or something, don't he? And, and ends up getting shot or whatever, or something in the heart or yeah. just. And he says, Zayas, you know, Zayas is like, you idiot. He's like, he's trying to tell him doomsday device. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to kill us all. And they're like, oh, no, we're not going to kill everybody. And he's like, What's, he says a line like, "Why don't you believe me? Are you stupid? Something?" And he and he just he just lays down and he hits the button and off goes the detonator and it just basically goes white. And then, and black. then you hear the narrator, <laughs> Brett, what's the narrator say at the very end of the movie? Yeah, what's he saying? There's a a dead star and with a a a, a star and one of the many millions of galaxies. Yeah, a green a green planet in the, in the distant galaxy that nobody yeah. cares about, basically. <laughs> and it ends, and the credits just start coming up. And I'm like, what did yeah. I just watch at the end of this? You know, <laughs> yeah. what well, was a pretty bad ending for sure. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure Brett's uh, young self was probably crushed when he thought, oh no, there's not going to be any more sequels to this. Yeah, yep, I think so. Did, did yeah, you go no, to, I kind of doubt that. <laughs> did you go to the movies to see this one, Brett? Uh, when it first came out, I probably seen it in the theater. Yeah, your mom used to take you to all the movies, did she? Yeah, it was only like three. Yeah. How old were you when you watched the Echo? Watch this. How old were you when you watched The Exorcist in theaters, Brett? Five. <laughs> five years old, dude. <laughs> For a five year old, <laughs> seen it. Seen it on Christmas break. Uh, it's like January of seventy four. Wow. Hadn't turned six yet. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk a little bit about the trivia that I have found for this movie. So um, this is one of the only film in the original series of five that does not star Roddy McDowell. He was committed to another project. Um, I think he was actually doing his own directorial uh, movie that I have later in the notes. That's why he couldn't. Um, but you know, what's funny is they often use his picture McDowell on the cover of the DVDs and stuff. I guess it's a sell more. Um, what did you think of the guy that played Cornelius in this one? Did you like him? He's okay. Yeah, but he wasn't Roddy McDowell. Though, well, I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I, I didn't know that it wasn't him. Right. And I, I couldn't really tell the difference. You know, I really couldn't either when I was watching. Their voices, their voices are very, very similar for sure. And they have the same walking and, you know, the chimpanzees always shuffle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Orson Welles was offered the role of General Ursus, which he turned down. Here you go, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds was considered for the lead role of John Brent. I saw that. I was looking through some YouTube to find some popular fun facts, too, and I heard all Burt Reynolds being considered. And man, that would have been a, a very cool decision to be made. Um, <laughs> How do I don't think it, it was a cool decision. Yeah, cool. But, uh, but that was before James Franciscus was cast due to his resemblance to Charlton Heston, which he did look an awful lot like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don Medford had agreed to direct the movie, but walked out after the budget was cut in half. So they have this budget. Probably could have had a better movie if they would have kept it up there. Yeah, they I guess because a couple of the other movies that had just come out. Uh, yeah. Hello, Hello Dolly Hello. and uh, Tora, Tora, Tora were yep. in the box office. And there's one other one, too, movie. Um, but uh, but they also wanted, uh, they said that the uh, mutants were going to be really disgusting, but they had to cut back somewhere, and that was part of the uh, budget cut that they did. Uh, Pierre Boulet, author of the original novel, wrote a screenplay entitled Planet of the Men in his narrative or in his native French. 
It featured a messianic tailor 14 years after the events of Planet of the Apes and involved a human uprising against the apes, following which they revert back to their primal state. The studio obviously chose to ignore his concept and used a new script for the film instead, which did feature an uprising, the chimpanzees against the other apes, but was changed prior to filming, possibly due to the reduced budget. Uh, since they also had to cut the budget, the uh, vast majority of the extras of the apes wore pullover masks instead of the famous ape makeup. Yeah, you can tell, too. Yeah, you can. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah. Originally, originally there was going to be a scene featuring a half-human, half-ape child. However, the producers were afraid that not only would the scene be too confusing, but that that would also lose their G rating. So they were all about those those ratings back then. Yeah. Yeah, and this once again, this is before PG thirteen, so they also couldn't get away with that necessarily. Right. So, yeah, probably wise choice on their part. Oh, so Roddy McDowell, he was in Scotland directing his film Tam Lynn, the only film he ever directed. That's why he couldn't be in this film. Uh, interesting fact about Charleston Heston, you know, he gets a bad rap for being a, a man's man, macho, but he donated all of his salary to this to charity. So I think that was pretty cool of him. Um when a, when the sequel was first proposed, the first writer contacted was none other than legendary Rod Serling. Once again, uh, Serling did come up with the ideas of underground ruins and a leftover atomic bomb. So they they took that and they incorporated a few of Pierre Belay's screenplay of Planet of the Men, and they had many rewrites, including one by the star James Franciscus. So he even had his hand in a part of a rewrite too. Hmm. Um. According to writer Paul Deffen, the ideal for the film came about because of the iconic imagery of the first film's climax where they find the Statue of Liberty. Um, Let's see here. We talked about the Superman chamber already. Um, It was Hello, Dolly, Star, and Tora, Tora, Tora. Uh, That's why they all all just basically flopped and they said... Whatever. Um, all five of the original, money, yeah. yeah, all five of the original Planet of the Apes movies were uh, number one at the U.S. box office when released. Uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes spent two weeks as the number one top-grossing film. The week of May thirty-first, nineteen seventy, it made a whopping three million five hundred and ninety-five dollars and or and three million five hundred ninety-five thousand dollars nine hundred thirty-six dollars. And the week of June seventh, nineteen seventy, it made. Uh, $3,146,395. So that'd be off the cuff uh, inflation calculation. That'd be across about $24 million a week, basically. A good payday. So yeah. it, it doubled it, it, it doubled the budget in two weeks, basically, is what it did. Yep. Yeah. Um, James Gregory and Gregory Sierra were also on the television series Barney Miller. Uh, Kyle may not remember Barney Miller. I know. I know Brett remembers Barney. Yes, I, I do. Very like well. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Charles and Heston, Taylor, Kim, Hunter, Zira, Maurice Evans, Dr. Zayas, and Linda Harrison Nova were the only actors who reprised the roles from Planet of the Apes, the original. Uh, this film, uh, the first film in the original film series, not to have the 20th Century Fox logo at the beginning of the film. This will become a trademark of the films that would continue for all the following entries in the original film series. It's weird. Like absence be a trademark. Yeah. Ernest Borgenine was considered for General Ursus. Well, that'd been interesting. He might have been able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, here you go, Brett. There were two series of Planet of the Apes action figures released back in the 70s by Mago. General Ursus was included in the second, the only character of that line not featured in the primetime television series Planet of the Apes. The TV commercials for the figures used the 2001 A Space Odyssey theme, 
since Planet of the Apes had no real theme music. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. Did you have any of the toys? Yes, I did. You still have them? No, I wish I did. <laughs> I'm sure nowadays they're worth a lot more. <laughs> yes, uh, they are. Uh, Jeff Corey, Caspe, Kim Hunter Zira, and James Gregory, General Ursus, all died within the space of a one month in 2002. Corey on August 16th, Hunter on September 11th, and Gregory on September 16th. So they all just went back to back to back. Oh. Uh, Ursus is Latin for bear, so that's pretty interesting, too. Um, Natalie Trundy, wife of producer Arthur P. Jacobs, is the only person to portray each of the three groups uh, across the four sequels. Uh, the Mutant in Beneath Planet of the Apes, A Human in Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and Ape, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. So she played a little bit of everybody. It took a lot of persuasion for both Charles and Heston and Kim Hunter uh, to reprise the roles for the film. Husson didn't believe in making sequels as a rule, and Hunter had an ordeal with the rigors of dealing with the makeup appliances during the first film, which we just, we talked about that during the first film. Zira didn't really like that. I remember she got all that anxiety and was taking, yeah. what was a vacuum or something? So, every, yeah, every day to just survive putting the makeup on. Ridiculous. Um, in an interview about the sequel, Linda Harrison said that James Franciscus took the film rather too seriously. He did a good um, job in it, though. I think that was probably a good trade in it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather um, play too straight than too jokingly, you know. Here's here's another interesting uh, fact for you, Brent. Uh, Brett. Uh, Brent tells his dying Skipper that the ship's clock reads 3955. When Skipper mumbles back, 3955. Is there a niner in there? Three nine five is what he called. Yeah. So when the skipper mumbles back three nine five five, Brett says, "If that's when it stopped working, this is very shrewd assessment on Brent's part." In the first film, Taylor reads his ship's clock before abandoning ships. It reads eleven twenty five three nine seven eight. That means that Brent's clock stopped at least twenty two years Earth time before they crashed. Huh. Because if that's true, then they would have landed before before Taylor and them had even. Yeah. Right? Wow. Makes no sense to me now. All, all that's gone. Kyle's <laughs> <was> like, I, <laughs> I give up. Uh, Everything made perfect sense before they told me the time variance, and now it's like can't even watch it. It's just, it's just you know, it's still all the arcs. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ted Post directed Beneath uh, Planet of the Apes, which is the second of the five ape films. After numerous conflicts with producer Mort Abrams, Post never worked again in the Apes franchise. Oh, blacklisted. Post also directed Magnum Force, the second of the five Dirty Harry films. After numerous conflicts with Starkling Eastwood, Post never worked with the Dirty Harry franchise. So guess what? Maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's Ted Post, right? (laughs) Maybe he's not a franchise kind of guy. Maybe he's just a one-done kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Or two-and-done. Uh, two actors in this film also appeared in Sanford and Son. Do you know who they were? No. Tell me. Tell me. Gregory Sierra, who played Sanford's neighbor, Julio. <laughs> and James Gregory, who was the commander in the Hawaiian in uh he was the commander in Hawaiian Connection. Uh let's see. Three actors in this film were also villains in the 1966 Batman TV series. Maurice Evans played the puzzler. Roddy McDowell, uh, with a flashback scene of the star film, uh, was the bookworm in Batman. And Victor Bueno, who was he in Batman? Do you remember, Brett? No, I don't. King Tut. King, King Tut. Tut. Yeah. Um, I just remember that Steve Martin song. <laughs> uh, 
Here's something, here's something else interesting. As the ape army, th- we forgot to talk about this part where the apes come marching and the, the guys use their telekinesis to show the apes burning and their flesh yeah. melt, hung upside down. Um, in the Forbidden Zone, uh, as the ape army is in the Forbidden Zone is being tormented by visions of their missing soldiers being burned alive. We learned that their lawgiver, that's the name of the statute, that's lawgiver, true. had forbidden apes to kill one another. However, if you remember, in the original film, Zaius had warned Cornelius and Zera that they may be hanged for treason. Yeah. But the lawgiver had said, you cannot kill apes. Zaius had already said, you may be hanged. Yeah, he's like, you know, like that's the law. He's like, the law says an ape can't kill another ape, dot, 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 unless it's the state. <laughs> ape shall not kill ape. <laughs> uh, many of the outdoor scenes were shot on the Fox movie ranch in Malibu. Although the property there was sizable, the backgrounds and the scenes with the wicker cage and paddy wagon will be recognizable to fans of the MASH TV series. Uh, yeah. I, I always thought that in the back of my head that that looked familiar. Yeah, now you know. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> just, before Taylor ran- just before Taylor vanishes after investigating a phenomenon, he gives Nova his dog tags. This is where I talked about earlier that uh, in case he gets lost. This is highly improbable as the dog tags could not possibly still be with him after his ordeal in the Ape City. So uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier on in the it movie. It was definitely taken away from you, right? Yeah. It's believed that only actor James Gregory's voice was used in Ursus, but it is another actor in the costume. So hmm. I don't know. It's one of them, you know, behind the scenes thing. Maybe if they ever came out with like a real in detailed behind the scenes, it'd be pretty cool. So, yeah. Sure. An alternate ending was written where Taylor, Brent, and Nova escaped the underground city prior to the detonation of the bomb, which was not a doomsday device as is in the finished film. They returned to Ape City and, along with Zera and Cornelius, released the humans from the cages and a new order is begun. The script ends hundreds of years later with the lawgiver teaching a group of ape and human children who sit in harmony together. The final shot of the script shows a mutated gorilla emerging from the underground and fatally shooting a flying dove. The lawgiver scene was resurrected as the framing structure for Battle of the Planet of the Apes. So I was um, just going to say that. Yep. So uh, Charles Heston was reluctant to reprise the role of George Taylor for this movie, believing that Taylor's struggles were what drove the first movie. And that story had already reached its conclusion. A sequel, in his opinion, would be lackluster adventures amongst the monkeys. He eventually agreed to appear on condition that his scenes had to be shot within a two week period. He also insisted that Taylor had to be killed. He agreed to compromise in which he disappeared in the beginning of the film and reappeared to die at the end. Heston claims in the documentary Behind the Planet of the Apes that he personally suggested the end saying, why don't I just stop this bomb and destroy the world? That's the end of the sequels. <laughs> oh, you thought it was the end of the sequel. You thought it was. <laughs> yeah. He tried. He tried very hard. Uh, in the next film, Escape from Planet of the Apes, which we will be covering probably around a month from today. Uh, once we talk, we'll let you guys know. We'll wire out the date. We'll wire out the date. Yeah. Uh, it is stated that Dr. Milo raised Taylor's ship from the inland sea where it crashed and sank and then studied it and learned how to operate it. For the timing to make any sense, Dr. Milo would have had to be working on it during the events of this film, possibly arriving at Dead Lake during Planet of the Apes, having gained information from Cornelius and Zeria during the weeks Taylor had been in prison prior to the hearing. So, this is one of them messed up timelines, man, where you got to have to pay yeah. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like 
trying to watch Halloween in order. It's one of the, yeah, it only makes sense <laughs> after you know what the production was trying to do. Like, you right. know the backstory as well as the story of the movie itself, where it's kind of like, oh, I see why they did this now. <laughs> uh, after General Ursa's rally, Zira says to Cornelius, at least our child, when it's born, won't be breastfed on bile. This infers that Zyra has, uh, had been pregnant when she spoke these words. In Escape from Planet of the Apes, she says that she had known she had been that she had known she had been pregnant since well before the war that had destroyed the Earth. Also inferring that these uh, also referring that the couple had engaged in premarital sex as they had apparently married during the brief time span in between the first two films. Uh, when Brent tells Taylor about the existence of the bomb, he describes it having Greek letters Alpha, and and Taylor finishes sentence as he recognizes the type of device being described, adding an Omega. Less than a year after this, he probably filmed around the same time. Charles and Heston's next movie, The Omega Man, was released in 1971 with Heston playing the last man on Earth. The beginning and the end. <laughs> yep. Each time someone enters the subterranean chamber that is uh, buried in New York City, a half-crushed bus can be seen. On the front of the bus is an advertisement for K-Surf Radio. This is a Beverly Hills, California radio station and would not have been advertised on a New York City bus. <laughs> Uh, when the mutant albina is found dead by suicide, her position mimics the famous painting, The Death of Marat, which I've never seen that painting, but I might have to check it out now. So that's the end of the trivia. Brett, give us your thoughts on the Beneath the Planet of the Apes. What's the apes? You know, I love the apes. <laughs> uh, one as good as the first one, like, like we've all agreed, but, uh, I think they still did a good job on it for sure. Uh, it's not the best one out of the series for the first five for sure. But so, how, so how many monkey paws are you giving this one? Uh, what do you guys do out of ten? Whatever you want. Uh, out of ten, I'll give it. I'll give it a six. Six. Six, six. monkey paws. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> because Kyle, Kyle had to take a deep breath no I think it would be uh, you know, real with it it's, I, I, I didn't enjoy it I straight did not um, makes me worried about the future films we're going to watch here as the series kind of goes forward but I'm still hopeful that you know things will kind of have you know uh, moments of uh, moments that I can appreciate and I think this film does have a few moments and I'm like this is this is crazy enough to be at least memorable if not good and I appreciate that a good deal. And I'm sure as time goes by, I'll I'll probably lighten up on a little bit where I'm like, yeah, sure, it's a movie. I respect the right to exist. <laughs> um, but um, if I had given the uh, the monkey paw ratings as we were, I'd probably be closer around probably a four, maybe a three. I, I kind of put it on the lower end where like, uh, you know, I, I just watched it for the first time yesterday. Honestly, I watched it twice yesterday. I tried to get a feel for it that way. And uh that was a bit of a that was a bit of a stretch for me to also just even get through. <laughs> also, I think it would have been a lot better if they would have had their full budget if they could have went all out with the special effects and all that. So. Right? Yeah, it, it felt like this this the whole concept, the ideas, they all kind of needed more time in the oven, basically like that. And I'm curious if the future films kind of do work to kind of you know correct course on that a little bit. Although I kind of doubt it, but we'll see. And. uh yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, I forget, like, I, I, like, if we're planning this whole series, we're going to do the original film, especially, but I don't know if we're going to hit the um, the Tim Burton or the Andy Circus times at all, if we see those films in the future. Maybe we'll get them, maybe we won't, I don't know. 
But uh, I, I'm curious. I'm, I look forward to seeing those movies more than I look forward to seeing these direct sequels right now. <laughs> but that's what I kind of my overthoughts of the film. I, I didn't really enjoy it that much. You know, we'll see how it goes. Jimbo, how did you feel about the film? Man, it's not as good as the original. Um, it had been, a, I mean, this is, might be the second time I've ever watched this one. Um, I remember Zira getting, uh, I won't say a spoiler. But <laughs> I mean, that's the last one I remember watching. Um I'd probably give it. I mean, there was some cool special effects in Rango Lie. Like, I like the uh, the uh, the scene where they're fighting on top of the uh, cage as the driver's driving. I think that was cool. I think when they shoot uh, uh, Brett and he's got that bullet hole right here. Uh, when they kill the guy in the cage, uh, the fights the fights pretty cool. Uh, a little unbelievable at times, um, but it was cool to see how they brought back some of the original characters to this movie. So. Um, just for that alone, I'll probably give it about a, a, a I'd probably go with bread about six, six, five, just for those factors alone. Um, it did kind of tie in nicely. They with the continuation from where the first one left off too. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I think one thing I also kind of appreciate is like, I, I get the, um, I feel like I understand some references now that I saw like in old episodes of Futurama or playing some of the old uh, fallout games and playing some of those. <laughs> like, I feel like I get those references now or even Simpsons episodes that make reference to these films in the series. And I'm looking forward to that watching the next future films to see what other weird sci-fi things they did and how they got referenced in the future media. So I'm curious to see that. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up boys. Cause we're already late for our zoom real talk. So um, I just got one question left for Brett, Brett. Is this movie better than the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, uh, uh, we're going to kick over to our Real Talk episode. Um, if you want to follow us on the social medias, we are the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. Brett is the Evil Never Dies Podcast along with Carl. Um, but until next time, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut. Click noise. <laughs> Thank uh-huh.